Hello, dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And this is the Course of Course, episode 73. Welcome back, Steph. It's been a while. I think it's been a, six weeks or so. But we've lived a lot during that time period. We have a lot to talk about, actually. We're going to jump right in. And I want to talk about a really great podcast interview that was done with Alzina. Alzina um, is a young college student currently, I think, in Nova Scotia. She's in her early 20s. And she spoke to Jackie Laura Jones, just kind of like an interview. And it was really a coming out interview because now officially there was this declaration that Alzina is actually Helen Shuckman. That interview was really great. And Alzina is such a delightful young lady. I'm so proud of Jackie Laura Jones for bringing that interview to us all and very grateful that Alzina and Jackie had such a great conversation just talking about her life, Alzina's life, and the evolution that she went through until she realized or it kind of became very clear that she is likely the reincarnation of Helen. What did you think, Stephanie? I know you listened to it as well. Yeah, at age seven, her mother had a study group at the house. So for her eighth birthday, she asked for a copy of A Course in Miracles. So she'd already been att- attending the study group and she started the workbook and she just kind of quickly knew all about the course. <laughs> and uh, they brought Gary to the town that they lived in in Canada. And when Gary and her met, they felt like they knew each other. And then she had a reading from Kevin Ryerson, who said that, yes, she was Helen, but she was like nine years old. So it didn't really make that big of a deal. She just kept doing her life but now she's in college and she teaches piano and she's also studying psychology psychiatry and she's getting her degree I think she's a sophomore she met Judy Scotch Whitson and Ken Wapnick and she's she went to Gary and Cindy's wedding so she's met all of them and I would say that they all agree that she is Helen otherwise you know this wouldn't be the story we have right now so it's pretty cool to prove like in reborn when jackie interviewed dr walter simcue these these are reincarnation stories so the idea is is that if we all knew that we were coming back and that you know i might be a white woman this time but i might be a black man the next time or i might be an indian kid the next time or you know muslim or jewish or Christian, like we all experience everything in the dream. So why would we be mean to each other? Why not we just love each other? So I think it's cool that we have a modern day example that people can connect with. And this interview was pretty profound to come out um, and declare it like, here I am. This is what I'm doing. And it'll probably be in the future when she starts teaching since she's focused now on college. What I thought was interesting in the interview was Alzina talked about kind of learning the course and it being kind of like second nature. So this is a very young girl reading the entire course. You and I, Stephanie, got that blue book when we were in graduate school and we're like, yeah, not going to happen because it was intense and we didn't understand what it, it was saying. This is a young girl of eight years old who was able to get through that entire book. Now it makes complete sense because, you know, she wrote it. So it's a little easier to read something that you wrote. Although obviously she didn't recognize 
that she had written it until it became kind of clear who she was. But when you are able to absorb that kind of higher level information that quickly and that seamlessly, there's no mistaking, oh, right, this is typical of an eight-year-old. I agree. And the place to find that interview is on Jackie Laura Jones' website. It's Jackie.news. Or you can go to Block Talk Radio and do a search for Jackie Laura Jones. And it's on our um, our Course of Course Facebook page, the link to listen. Yeah, fantastic. Everyone, if you can, if you haven't listened to Jackie Laura Jones, she has an amazing podcast series. This one was fantastic. We both have listened to this interview a few times now. She also has Bruce on a lot. And Bruce Rawls, um, I think he helps build websites, but he also does a lot of posting and he's really into sacred geometry and he's been around the course for a very long time. They were talking about how we need our brother and sister to kind of remember that we're not separate from God. They were talking about like two by two. We travel in twos because it's actually that reflection of ourself seen through that other person. That's helping us remember because most likely they're upsetting us and we're getting distracted, whether we're feeling attacked or we have to attack back. But that whole scenario is just part of the dream to remember that we're not this, to go back into our mind and to tune in with Holy Spirit and be like, hey, I'm going to give this stuff over because this isn't real and I choose peace instead. But it's like we need that other person. And I was thinking about you with all your work monsters. And it's like whether it's a romantic relationship, you know, all these special relationships we go through, my ex-boss, which was a slow burn. Like we need that other person in our life in order to, I think, go back within and claim that peace and claim that love that's in us. And remember that, that the person on the outside is just doing what we ask them to, to kind of trigger us to remember who we really are and her podcasts are great Bruce Bruce and her do one I think once a month and then she has different guests as well like Alzina yeah the Alzina one was particularly phenomenal amongst all the really good ones that Jackie Laura Jones has and she also has a Patreon which is a monthly subscription service I think it's like 11 bucks a month and she does a one-hour class and she has behind the scenes from her blog talk radio show that she has, you know, exclusive content on the Patreon page. That's not on the blog talk page. So you get a little extra. And then of course, Gary and Cindy Renard also have a Patreon, which is twice a month where they do two hour classes twice. And in February they did questions and answers. It's all about reminding ourselves, right? It's all about gentle reminders I prefer gentle reminders than horrific attacking reminders. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. It's like I would rather learn things gently than learn things through a lesson, you know, an uphill climb. Go, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Learn that lesson. Oh, let me talk about work. Things have really, I wouldn't say they've calmed down. I'm super busy, but I have not recreated any work monster knock on wood. I'm very, very conscious now of that. So when I have an interaction with somebody at work that isn't, you know, kumbaya, let me just, let's just hug this out. I am learning consciously to just be like, okay, 
they may be having a tough day. Maybe I'm having a tough day. Just step back. Don't label somebody. It's okay. We'll move on. So, so far, so good. I've been kind of working through that. That doesn't mean that work hasn't been very challenging. There's a lot going on and I have a lot on my plate, but I do appreciate that with so much more that I'm dealing with, it does give me a lot more purpose during the day. And the days do go by much faster because I don't have a whole lot of time to breathe, which doesn't sound particularly fun, but it does keep me on my toes. And one of the things I've always appreciated about these kind of like relatively challenging work environments is it allows my brain to really stretch. And that is worth it. So, so far, so good. Moving forward on that, not having these wrenching kind of emotional times at work anymore. Hopefully that will continue to move forward in the same vein. But I can say that just talking this out on our podcasts and picking up um, the giant material or listening to a Gary Renard book or picking up the course has definitely helped. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's one step at a time. As much as we'd like to change things immediately, these big, massive changes, sometimes we just have to put the effort into it. And transitioning to this topic, Stephanie and I are on this. Do we want to call it a diet? I don't know. We're on some sort of cleanse. A cleanse. Let's just put it that way. Um, It's just conscious eating. It's like eating very cleanly. It's really just protein and vegetables, I guess. I haven't had a grain carb in, I don't know, almost eight days, I guess, which doesn't sound like a long time, but I've never done that before. So this is a new thing for me. And um, it's a lot more conscious in terms of feeding myself because I was pretty used to just going and picking stuff up at a drive-thru or going to the grocery store and getting some chicken that they have in the, in the deli. So Right now, it's just a lot of purchasing vegetables and chopping them up and doing this whole routine that I hadn't done before. I'm actually starting to really like it. Before, I thought, oh, no, I don't have time. I don't want to do that. But now there's something about that exercise, I think, that is very comforting. I'm amazed when I bite into a cucumber. And by the time I've eaten one whole cucumber, just how much more watery my whole being feels. Like, I feel the moisture I don't know if it's because it's kind of partly desert here in Los Angeles or my body type. I don't know. But I love eating watery vegetables. And we also are allowed fruit. So we can have oranges, apples, strawberries, blueberries, berries, the roughage. It's all about the roughage. It's about moving it in and moving it out, keeping the colon moving. But you're making a good point when you eat a cucumber, like I'm starting to just eat these raw vegetables in a way I hadn't done before. And it's like really going, oh, wow, this is what it tastes like. Because sometimes these vegetables, like let's just say you get Chinese food and yeah, there's vegetables in there, but they're just kind of like part of the collective. So you don't really taste them individually. And now it's like, to me, a red bell pepper is an amazing taste. I love it. And I love individual, like cabbage and Brussels sprouts. I had those today. So it's like, oh, right. I really like this stuff. That's great. I wish everyone could be connected to the food and could learn how to grow it. I just applied for a job doing marketing for a big garden center here in Southern California. They own 32 stores. 
So I'm now back to looking in Los Angeles for work since I live here versus leaping to another city or another state. And uh, I would be excited to extend information about plants and gardening to the public. So, you know, today I was at the Greens Festival volunteering. It's Black History Month. We're, we're giving away collard and four types of kale and mizuna mustard and spinach and just they made kale ice cream at the booth next to us. It was really a fun day today. I just love being around plants. And if I could avoid going back to a cubicle and sitting in an office with fluorescent lighting and all those people being sick, you know, I'd just much rather be outside. Speaking of sickness, let's talk about the big elephant in the room, the coronavirus. So it's kind of becoming a bit of a global pandemic. A lot of conversation on the news, and this is a different strain, a variant of the flu that is uh, particularly unfortunate. I've never seen kind of global vectors in terms of disease spreading before. So it's the first time I've seen these maps where you start to watch some of these cases kind of start erupting around the globe. It's fascinating that this particular disease We are all united on this planet thinking about this one thing. I mean, unfortunately, it's a negative thing, but you probably didn't realize how important China was to the globe until you start seeing all these other companies saying, look, this is going to be affected. Today, I heard that Diet Coke will be affected because they get the flavor from China. And because so many people in China are either compromised or they are in quarantine, a lot of the factories have shut down. So the supply chain for things like food flavoring or medicine or things like that is starting to begin to affect the global economy. We've seen that at least the United States Dow Jones average like dropping precipitously over the past week. A lot of factories are not going to be able to produce what they need to produce because they are relying on China to provide them with goods and services. So it'll be fascinating to see and also us understanding how important China really is to the way we have manufactured everything around this this world. A lot of interesting stuff coming out now because of this as as a um, consequence of this disease. I don't remember in my lifetime anybody talking about stuff like this. We know we've had things like swine flu and SARS and things like that. It feels like this is different. This time it's different. I remember when the Ebola thing was happening maybe 10, 15 years ago. I can't remember. That was pretty tightly contained. We didn't see that like a worldwide kind of eruption. But we are definitely are seeing that now with this coronavirus. You know, maybe the next time we we podcast, we can say, oh, yeah, I remember two weeks or three weeks ago when we were talking about this. This is where we stand now. In the world of form, we see this as, oh, no, you know, there's this virus. I actually got a flu shot today. Obviously, it's not the coronavirus, but I thought well, I might as well take care of that for now. The reality is we are all connected on a spiritual level. We know as core students that none of this exists, that this is this is make believe. But we also have to live in, in the, the world of form. In the world of form, we exist through news and Twitter and texting and the Internet. And it is constantly providing us with information that is sort of reiterating, oh, no, this is a problem. Oh, no, be fearful. 
it's an interesting balance of taking that information in, deciding what makes sense for you, what you're going to do or don't necessarily feel you need to do. And also the communication that we're getting from the government and, you know, the World Health Organization and Centers for Disease Control. So a lot coming in when I went to get my flu shot today, I asked the the pharmacist who was a lovely lady, do you get a flu shot every every year? She said, to be honest with you, I haven't gotten one ever. I said, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> she's uh, she's from Ethiopia, and she said, I just have never gotten the flu, and I've never gotten a cold. I was like, that's fantastic. Me, Cindy, and Gary, we all went to the Conscious Life Expo. We all got sick. We mm-hmm. all got fevers, coughing. I don't know if something was being sprayed through the building or what was going on, but was in shock to get sick. And I feel like, okay, so my body's getting sick now, so it doesn't have to get the coronavirus later. Things that you can do, like I take Paralandra flower essences. So I've been taking virus and bacteria. And when I take it, I just, you know, like have my little prayer of may these essences be shifted to an involution, evolution balance of any kind of viruses that come into my physical, emotional, mental, spiritual energy realms, you know, may everything be in harmony, you know, love, thank you, bye. And then I take the next one. I, I say it different every time, but uh, respiratory is a good one. Lymph system is a good one. Um, your immune system, like I'm taking all these essences, thinking that it will keep me in, in the right vibration to just kind of have those things pass through me and by me. And Yeah, so it goes back to we know that none of this exists, but yet we still exist in this world. We still exist in these illusory bodies. So sometimes magic does help using magic and magic is, you know, medicine or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with it if you feel the need in in it um, comforts and helps you believe that your body is healthy with the use of magic, then, then go for it. Yeah, like a flu shot. Exactly. It's kind of highlights again what it's like to live in two worlds, the spiritual one and the physical one. Um, I was reviewing Gary's, uh, what's it, the Secrets of the Immortal audiobook, and he was saying you can't ride two horses. So I was just imagining myself being on two horses, like the ego horse and the Holy Spirit horse, and how you, it's just impossible. So you got to pick one. For us, I mean, while we're in body, in our minds, um, we still have to address, you know, what's going on in the body. And also remember that we're not the body. So, yeah, you can't ride two horses, but in some ways we, we are straddling both of them. Definitely. Everything takes place in the mind. It's not really the world. So in the mind, we can just ask the Holy Spirit to keep us in the right place at the right time. Which is still kind of okay. It's like that that phrase, giving it over to God. It's like, well, I I can't do anything about this. I'm just going to give this over to God. For a long time, I'm ego controlled, I guess. I have a very strong ego and I, I recognize that. And I don't mean ego like, oh my God, I'm the best person in the whole wide world. I just mean my ego tends to make a lot of decisions that I have to pull back and go, wait a minute, did that really make any sense? I get a lot of ego coming up at work. If someone will kind of talk down to me or try to explain something that I've known that's pretty simple, my ego will will start saying, oh, come on, you don't, you don't need to tell me that. I already know it. So that happens a lot. So it's, 
an ongoing process for me to kind of back off and say, look, you need to stop doing that. It's not helping you. And it's kind of probably annoying somebody else. If people come at me and say things like, oh, well, why didn't you do it this way? This is how we're supposed to do it. And it's something very simple. I'm learning to just be like, oh, okay, thank you for the reminder, you know, and then just moving on, like stop making something a deal and causing challenges where I'm having to deal with blowback from a a person because either I start feeling defensive or they start feeling defensive. It's wasted energy on both of our parts. So I'm trying to be a lot more like a surgeon and figuring out precisely what is the best road to take that is the best thing for both of our egos at the moment. So as I get older, I am slowly trying to incorporate what I'm learning from the course and what I'm reading from other people. And because we've been around the course folks for a while now, they have been a godsend because some of them are just so amazing in just breathing. Like they just emanate calmness and you want to say, you know what, I'm going to be more like that person. And that has definitely helped me. It's kind of like watching people lead by example and not necessarily just lecture me and what I should or should not do. You were saying something about like work people. I don't know. It just made me think of that two by two again. It, it may feel like we're being attacked or that we have to attack back, but it's just in that moment of remembering like, oh yeah, the ego's just set this up just to help me remember that there's really not anyone there. There's nothing to get upset about. I'm going to give it over to the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Sometimes I'm in these pressure cooker situations at work. It's a big company, a Fortune 10 company. And, you know, sometimes we just have to get stuff done. There is time pressure and we might have to deliver a product by a certain date. And it sets up a, a lot of false urgency that everybody buys into and then people get, you know, lost in, Oh my gosh, we got to get this done. And, you know, maybe their moods get a little cranky and you have to remember that, you know, they're just, they're just like me. We are all connected. We're all connected. Even though it seems like that person is a very selfish person at the moment, um, we're all together in this. So it's like, again, that constant reminder You know, you've said this before, we forget, we remember, we forget, we remember. That happens to me pretty much on a daily basis, but I'm getting a little better at remembering. It's just making a little bit more sense, too, when Gary's teachings would say the interlocking chain of forgiveness. We're all interlocked together. Correct. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes that can be tough, especially when you're dealing with somebody who is not being kind to remember that we are connected. And even though they're not being kind and sometimes it's a boss subordinate relationship and the boss is not being kind to you, that's not an easy thing to get past because you're in that moment and you're feeling the anxiety and the stress. But it's like I've come down to, I mentioned this before, I'm a big, big fan of Jocko Willink who has the Jocko podcast. He's the retired Navy SEAL. He talks a lot about executive leadership and just being a leader in your own life. And he has a saying that when things are tough, he always just says, good, good, because now it gives me an opportunity to be better. It gives me an opportunity to learn how to turn this situation around. So I have been every day. I just write good every like 10 minutes. I just keep writing good, good. It's good. Okay, that happened. Well, that's good because now I can figure out how to fix it. Whereas before it's kind of like reframing and and 
changing the conversation in my head where it, it used to be, oh, my God, here we go. You know, what do I have to do? Why is somebody coming at me? And now I can say, good, let's see what I can do to help. So, you know, I am kind of incorporating different ways of approaching situations. And it has been helping for sure. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I was in, uh, you know, some tough times in the past. And I thought, all right, well, I did it to myself. Now I just have to figure out how to get out of that situation by myself. You don't have to do it by yourself. You got the Holy Spirit. I do. But, you know, I'm not no longer blaming anyone. It's just me. Right. And owning it. Do you want to talk about uh, our dear friend Carol had mentioned something to me about a painting by Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch was a painter. He was born in 1450, so he's a little old. Um, He died in like the early 1500s. But he painted some amazing pieces. They're very um, Salvador Dali-esque which is a joke because he actually preceded Dolly. So Dolly was more Hieronymus Bosch-esque. Um, these are fascinating views on what Hieronymus Bosch kind of saw what heaven would look like and, and what you know, living on the earth would look like and what hell might look like. I'm always amazed at any artist that can take these beautiful visuals and put them kind of like projected onto a screen or a um, an artist's palette in the same way that I love Alexander Marchand's work in The Universe is a Dream. It's a bit of a graphic novel. But to be able to take art and make it such an amazing communicative device, it blows me away. And it was nice to kind of revisit uh, Bosch's work. So thank you very much, Carol, for sending that over. I really appreciate that. And because I'm a history fan, it gave me an opportunity to learn more about him, his time period. I just I've always really loved the the Dutch kind of artists and painters. My mother's side is Dutch, so I do have an affinity for sure with them. But I'm always just amazed and, and delighted when I can remind myself of my joy in some of this art. One of the reasons why I appreciate the Renaissance so much, the history is fine, but it's really the art that made the difference for me, because a lot of those times were not easy for humans walking on the earth. But when you look at the art that came out of it, it's stunning and it will tell you and remind you how connected we are to the Holy Spirit and God when you see some of that stuff. It's just it's stunning and I'm so appreciative of that. I'm so appreciative of all of our fellow travelers throughout these many eras and centuries and lifetimes, both on this planet and other planets. So thank you. It's like my little shout out to everybody who's kind of been on the same path with us and will continue to be on the same path until we all eventually kind of transform and uh, are back with God. Speaking of the tribe, I recently got to meet Elisa Skye, who's the voice of Persa in the audiobooks for Gary and Cindy. And she, we were talking about audiobooks and just how much we love them. She suggested one for me called The Big Leap, which I've listened to twice now. It's by Gay Hendricks, and it is on Audible. And I think he's a chorus person because he talked about, you know, sometimes how we get upset and it's never for the reason that we think. And he talks about how we have these upper limit 
blocks and how sometimes people can get sick or have car accidents or like certain things will happen right when you're about to peak because our ego is sabotaging us, you know, and it's kind of like how to break through and, and be in your genius zone. And one thing he talked about that I thought was interesting, how in life we take, we take little hops, like, you know, hop from maybe being an executive director to hopping to being a vice president or, Hopping by volunteering at different things uh, or hopping, I don't know, just whatever it means for you. But then he was talking about taking a leap, which is way bigger. And it's just it's good for me to get challenged right now because it's been about 18 months since I haven't had a regular job. And I'm still trying to navigate what's next for me. And I appreciate any kind of book that can help me look at myself and obstacles perhaps in getting to my greatness. Cause I know I have a lot to offer and I'm just trying to f- figure out where that can, where my next family is going to be, you know, um, Gary is going to be doing a workshop up in Seattle in May and it's a new event. So I wanted to mention it today for anyone living in that part of the country May 16th, Seattle, Washington. It's at the East West Bookshop. And then a couple weeks after that is Memorial Day weekend. And that's when we're having the big International Course in Miracles conference here in Los Angeles, which we have our tickets for May 21, 2, 3, and 4. And they've got all kinds of activities like going to a Dodger game or going to the symphony or going to see the Hollywood Boulevard. Of course, we don't need to do that because we've already done all that. Right. But you'll be here. Of course, I can't wait, actually. It's always great to be back in the bosom of the course community. I met so many people last year. It was the first time I went. And it's just, you know, like 500 people all just pitter-pattering around talking to each other and networking it was it was a beautiful experience and how lucky it's kind of in the the backyard you know as opposed to a cross-country flight right a couple other upcoming gary conferences are march 21st he'll be in melbourne florida april 4th he's in san antonio texas and may 2nd he'll be in arizona in sedona which there was someone who came out to the Christmas event from Sedona. This was the Christmas event in Culver City. That was the uh, sign of Christmas as a star. All that stuff on Gary's website. I do want to bring up uh, our friend Kara also sent me a link to a woman who was on an interview on YouTube. Her name is Yvonne Kaysen. She's a, a Dr. MD in Canada. And she had talked a lot about near-death experiences. She had quite a few already just in this particular lifetime. Um, But she also coined the phrase STE, which is spiritual transformative experience. I'd heard of that uh, acronym before. She's really fascinating. Yvonne Kaysen. um, She's got a really delightful kind of voice. So I've sort of like pulled into her voice, but her interview was really good. Yvonne Kaysen, K-A-S-O-N. That's on YouTube. And I do want to give a shout out to my sweet nephew and niece, Matt and Sarah 
I had no idea they were listening to this podcast until at Christmas time, they gave me four boxes of hot tamale candies, which I discussed on the podcast. So <laughs> I was like, how did you know? And they're like, oh, because we listened to the podcast. I was like blown away. So thank you so much, kids. I really appreciate that. You know, hands off to that. Uh, they're part of their millennials, I guess. They're kind of like they're on the, the edge, but I love their generation. I just... I find them so much more open and so much more appreciative of everyone in kind of like the human race, much more so than our generation stuff. Growing up, there was still a lot of uh, prejudice and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just see a lot of that falling away with theirs. So it's really been kind of a joy to watch that generation grow up and become, you know, mature and adults and, and definitely them too. Um, they have a, a beautiful son, Henry. So, you know, they're just they're just the most loveliest of people. And I'm so grateful that they actually listen to two old crones <laughs> on about, you know, the Course in Miracles stuff. But anyway, thanks, kids. I really appreciate that. God is only love. Therefore, so am I. That is my new sign I have up around the house. It's part of the review right now in the workbook. Oh, well, that's good. One of the more recent lessons I did was by grace I live by grace I am released and uh I just really love the course so do I (laughs) is the best it would I mean and I appreciate all of the amazing authors that have taken that big blue book and kind of condensed it down in a way that it's easier to consume. Not that the big blue book isn't something that can be read. Absolutely can. It's joyful. It's just, um, you know, it's a pretty big commitment. It's a large book. And sometimes it's written in, you know, a language that's not exactly user friendly, but you certainly can read it. It's it's, it's in English. Uh, It's actually translated in many, many languages, but for us, it's in English. It's just nice to read different authors takes on it and certainly the Ken Wapnick stuff really please journey through the workbook is amazing Ken Wapnick and just watching him on video I'm always struck by how kind he is. he just emanates kindness he reminds me of uh, Mr. Rogers that kindness and you know just wants everybody to to feel love and appreciated and you know, he's he's really a, an amazing course teacher. I think he was actually told that he was, you know, the best course teacher. Um, I can definitely see that. He passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and it's one of, you know, my regrets that we didn't get a chance to go down to Temecula and actually sit in one of his classes. Yeah, I think it was around 2013 or 2012, right when we were just starting out. So just on the edge of, yeah, that's true. My goodness, we've had quite the journey so far with the course. And thank goodness we were able to, like, finally be open to it. For those listeners who haven't read, what is it, When Jesus and Buddha Were Friends? When Jesus and Buddha Knew Each Other, the Gary Renard book? Um, The Lifetimes of Jesus and Buddha, A History of Mighty Companions. Perfect. Because our story, Janine and Stephanie's story, is sort of at the end, just a little bit of it. So you can learn a little bit of how we kind of came back into the course fold um, after trying it when we were in grad school and didn't quite work. So I thought you were going to mention Disappearance of the Universe because that book is a great first book, mm-hmm. along with like you were talking about Alex Marchand's um, comic book. The Universe is, but, is a Dream, The Universe is But a Dream or something. And Jackie Laura Jones' first book, All Peace, No Pieces. Those that three books are like 
amazing entry books I think into the course you know we don't talk enough about Jackie's book but that book is so well done I have reread that a number of times she just is such a great communicator she's a great writer you're right I mean that should be a book that people read and go okay now I get it and this is the same Jackie we spoke of that interviewed Alzina so it it all like Comes together. We're all just one big happy family, really. Well, I think it's a wrap, girl. What do you think? I think it is, too. So I just want to say thank you to everyone for hanging in there with us. You give us so much comfort and love, and we do appreciate that. Remember how important the course is to be our guidepost and our guide along the way. And you all listening to us is such a huge gift, and we do appreciate it. Thank you for being on the journey with us. And thank you, Janine, for being on the journey with me. My pleasure. And back at you. Thanks, listeners. We will see you soon. Good night. Bye.